In this installment of the Rama Blueprints Extra, we listen to the family origins and the San Francisco roots of Real Alternative Program founder Jim Queen in his own words. My background is that in growing up in Maryland, I come from a group of people called We Sorts. We Sorts are people that are black and white mi mixture, but they don't consider themselves black, they consider themselves white. When my father got out of the service, my mom decided she wanted to, to pass for white, or we could pass for white. So that's how I moved from where I lived, it was like a little farm I lived on when my dad was in the service, to Tacoma Park, Maryland, where we passed for white. So I couldn't talk about my family out there. You know, we go visit them, but I couldn't say that. Now, what was hysterical was when the garbage men came, the other people came, they, they passed, and they passed, you know, right? <laughs> and so my whole experience there was a real confusion about that. And up through high school, then, you know, I have a girlfriend. I, I couldn't say who I was, you know, right? And you, got, you know, you got, you got leprosy, what's, what's going on? So I couldn't say that. So it really just made me really distraught, confused, and almost suicidal, you know, right? You know, I was a real good student at the beginning, you know, right? I was always president of my class all the time, you know, right, growing up. And by the time I got to high school, then that's when I began to get totally bombed out. I started being a smart ass, walked across the desk, just acted out, right? And so finally in 11th grade, I dropped out. After I dropped out of high school, and I started just getting a job, got a job doing roofing construction and other stuff. Then I started to get into service, and my parents were going to sign for me to get in at 17. So I do that. Then one day, in comes these two people, two white guys, come to the house and say, well, we see a discrepancy here because on my birth certificate it says colored. So we don't understand. So my mom says, I have something wrong. You know, she gets all, all indignant. So that squashed it for me going into service at the time. Two years later, I, that's why I went back and got in. When I went, the, initially went to the service, I came out and said I was, you know, mixed. And it was felt such a relief. Now, if I go back to Maryland, my mom and dad were still passing. I can't go back and, ta-da, you, know, yeah. you know, be who I want to be or who I am, you know, right? And so I decided, well, you know, I'll just live out here, stand out here. So I came to San Francisco. That's, why, that's what my ultimate reason for coming for San Francisco. I was born in Maryland, lived in Maryland until I was about 19 years old. Then I joined the Navy, became a medic in the Navy, got sent to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, at a hospital in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, from 1958 to 1960. In 1960, they came through and said, if anybody wants to volunteer to be a medic with the Marine Corps, because the Navy and the Marine Corps are like sister organizations. And I said, okay. So then they said, okay. They sent me to Camp Pendleton, California, which is the southern part of California. And there I joined the first recon, which like special forces, and became a medic with special forces there for two years. Spent six months in Okinawa. I was very blessed, you know, because usually you get called to go to Vietnam. And I lucked out, did not get called to go to Vietnam, and I, th and I thank God for that. But one of the things when I was in Camp Lejeune, there was a young guy there who kept raving about San Francisco. He'd always say, well, you, you should go to San Francisco, you'd love it. And I remember that. So I was in a Camp Pendleton one time, and I decided to come to San Francisco and leave. And I fell in love with it, you know, the, the streetcars, the pastel colors. You know, East Coast, everything's brick. So I really fell in love with the city itself. I stayed at there for about two weeks. And so that's how I decided, I liked it a lot. When I got out of the service, I decided to stay in California, moved to San Francisco. because That's how I started my roots in San Francisco. Started City College, 
worked at the post office as a temporary at the post office. Then I went to State College. Then after I graduated from State College, I always had this dream about working on freighters. And one of my buddies, Tommy Kim, which fits into the story, his father was an engineer on ships. And he said, "There's a, but it's hard to get into a ship. You have to, to be fixed. You have to have a union card or you have to have some. So the only way you can do it is somebody fixes it. So they fixed it for me to get my, get my card. So I started to ship out. So I shipped out for a while. And in 67, I came home. And so I decided, well, let me cop a gig here in the city. And so there was a counseling position open for the mayor's summer youth program. So I became part of the mayor's summer youth program. Started out as a counselor and the educational coordinator resigned. They made me educational coordinator. The coordinator of the overall thing became, resigned, and I became a coordinator for the overall program and the mission. And I f- really liked the idea of working with young people. It was the first time I'd done that. It was very, very interesting. I liked it a lot. So that's how I became part of that. Listen to these extras to get a deeper understanding of the Rama Blueprints podcast. You can listen to how Jim Queen began his youth empowerment work and his rap principles and philosophy that he developed for the Real Alternative program. In the next episode of the Rama Blueprints, The Roots of Rap, Part 2, The Tree Begins to Grow, we look how the Real Alternatives program begins to grow through the 1970s. Through the principles of RAP, the organization strategically begins to address the community issues and their influence begins to blossom outside of the Mission District. We did some damn good work. There's, I would say, thousands of individuals that you mentioned the word RAP, it clicks. They were touched by that program at some stage of their life. They, their families, were touched. Can you imagine that? The power that you have, that if you need their help, you can call them and you know that they'll come to your aid. You can listen to the Rama Blueprints wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And remember, to listen is to heal. All power to the people.